Welcome to Fire and Security Chat, brought to you by Corson Fire and Security, where we talk about the technology and equipment used to protect and secure life and property. I'm your host, Aaron Whitaker, and today I'm with J.D. Burden, Corporate Trainer at Corson Fire and Security. On today's episode, I'll be talking to J.D. about the different types of fire sprinklers. J.D., welcome to the podcast. Hi, and thank you for having me. All right, let's go ahead and dive in. I went ahead and kind of wrote down kind of the types that I'm familiar with the fire sprinklers. So the first one that I think is the most common, maybe you can correct me, is uh, a wet pipe fire sprinkler system. Yes, that would be the most common type of sprinkler system out there. Okay. Now, what what is, a I guess, a wet type? Okay. So in your wet type fire sprinkler system, it's the piping network is always going to be filled with water. And so it's going to have water available right behind the sprinkler so that in the event of a fire and the sprinkler fuses, the water is instant. Okay. And where would you typically find a wet pipe fire sprinkler system? Your wet pipe fire sprinklers are going to be put in places, you know, obviously where a temperature of 40 degrees or better is going to be maintained. You're not going to find them in cold environments, stuff like that. So just, you know, office buildings. Um, warehouse buildings, different things like that. Again, it's your most common system that's out there. Okay. And as when we say most common, are we, I mean, do you, and I'm just ballparking it, uh, is it like 90% of the sprinklers out there? Or? I, I don't know that we'd throw a number quite like that to it, but I would say probably better than 70% yeah. okay. uh, of all sprinklers are, are wet type. And it's probably the most, uh, you know, as far as people going to, Stores, grocery stores, everywhere else, uh, churches, schools, office buildings. When they look up and see the fire sprinkler system, that's... That's typically, yeah. The wet pipe. Almost always, yeah. Okay. The next one, and you mentioned above 40 degrees. So the next one is a dry pipe fire sprinkler system. Now, what what is a dry pipe fire sprinkler system? So a dry pipe system is is just what it sounds like. The piping network on, on dry pipe is doesn't contain any water. It contains compressed air. Okay. Uh, that compressed air holds back a clapper uh, in, a, in a dry pipe valve. And then uh, when a sprinkler fuses and ruptures, it releases the air. Once the air pressure reaches a certain point, the water pressure overpowers it, and then it floods the piping network. Okay. Now, you said it was uh, compressed air is typically in the dry pipe now. Or nitrogen. Okay. With compressed air, um, just from what I've seen, it contains a little bit of moisture. A little bit of moisture. So is there ways to kind of keep the moisture out of the pipes? So in in a dry pipe system, uh, they're required to be pitched in a way that it drains everything back to the riser or to what we call a low point drain somewhere on the system so that that accumulation of water has a place to go and not stay in the piping and end up freezing and causing damage. Uh, The other alternative is nitrogen instead of the compressed air. Nitrogen could be pumped into a system uh, and it helps to eliminate. uh, You can use a pipe dryer or an air dryer uh, so that the the, uh, air being piped into the system is run through a dryer first so that's being put in with low, almost no moisture. Okay. Now, 
the pipe dryer and the nitrogen is this two different things two different things yeah okay so with nitrogen there is no moisture buildup there not as not as much as what you'll find in in a regular compressor okay so it limits the amount of moisture now with a typical dry pipe you've mentioned the air compressor should that be kicking on and off or should uh, there it should be sealed shouldn't it or it depends on the system you know it, okay. and a, on a brand new system uh, you would get almost no runtime, you know, from your compressor short of just filling it up. But uh, the longer your system's in service, the the more and more it's going to run over time. Um, on a dry pipe system, even though the, it's dry and free of water, uh, part of the testing is that every three years we're going to flood those lines with water. Okay. And then we're going to drain them back out, and then we're going to fill it back up with compressed air again. So we basically create a small little rust factory in that we have the inside of the steel pipe. We have warm, moist air being piped in on top of it. Mm-hmm. And then the, the moisture from the every three years, it just causes a lot of corrosion, a lot of problems. So it uh, just starts pitting and yeah, you that's get, where you get the leaks. You get small pinholes and things like that okay. as, over time. And that's what typically causes the air compressor to kick on. Yes. More often. Yeah, once you start seeing those pinhole leaks, then your air compressor will start cycling okay. uh, more often. Now, uh, where would you typically find a dry pipe fire sprinkler system? Dry pipe systems you're going to find in areas like protecting attic spaces uh, or protecting areas where there's not typically going to be heat. Uh, okay. So you might have a, a dry pipe system that protects an outdoor you know, storage facility or parking garages, uh, things like that. It's in an environment where they're not going to heat the space, mm-hmm. but you still have to protect the space. Okay. So uh, and I, so at a lawn and garden places like Home Depot or Lowe's. Yeah, like the outside lawn and garden at Home Depot and Lowe's. Those will yep. be, if you see sprinklers out there, those will be dry. Yeah. Okay. All right. The next one, and uh, now we're getting into ones I'm not even as familiar with uh, a deluge system system okay. what is a deluge so system? a deluge system and and i'll kind of run pre-action into this because i know you'd asked about that but mm-hmm. uh, pre-action and deluge are similar in systems uh, the difference being that in a deluge system the piping network the sprinklers in the piping network are open already so you're going to find these type of systems protecting high hazard areas, chemical storage tanks, places like that where we want a lot of water on the fire right now. Okay. The uh, There's no fusible element in the sprinkler. So when the piping network floods, if there's 100 sprinklers on that piping network, you're getting water out of all 100 of them at once. Okay. Is the pressure higher through a deluge system? Not or? necessarily. It could be the same yeah. pressures as, as what run a normal uh, okay. fire sprinkler system. So rather than your typical fire sprinkler sprinklers, uh, I don't think they're called heads, are they? They're no, called, we call them sprinklers. They're called fire sprinklers. When the element, the glass bulb, gets to a certain degree, it breaks, and that's what causes the water to come out of it. And the sprinklers around it, they will not break until they get to a certain temperature. That is correct. So in a deluge or pre-action system, the idea is that you've got enough flammable stuff in this room that if there's a fire that breaks out, you want everything to be wet. 
Is that? Yeah. So let me back out pre-action right there because yep. the the difference in pre-action and deluge is both of those both of those systems have a a valve that is operated by uh, some sort of detection circuit. So they're going to have a releasing panel that might have heat detectors or smoke detectors or UVIR detectors. When those systems trip and they send water into the piping, the pre-action system is on a closed sprinkler piping network. So it's going to flood the lines with water, okay. but they're not going to get anything until an actual sprinkler fuses. Okay. On a deluge, when it floods that piping network, you're going to get water out of all of those sprinklers all at once. Okay. All right. So, so deluge is in for like a chemical storage, highly flammable. Yeah. There is it then. Okay. Good. No, it's, it's, it, you want a lot of water on the, on the hazard as fast as possible to help cool and, and protect. Okay. So pre-action system, where, where would that, or where would you typically see that? So your pre-action systems are going to be located in an area that you want to have some warning that water is in your piping. And typically you'll see these in uh, MRI rooms, in warehouse freezer storage facilities, uh, you know, where they're storing frozen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those, those freezers run sometimes negative 40 degrees. And you don't want to just flood water into that piping. So you would install these pre-action systems that would be actuated by some form of, of detection, whether that's firewire or, you know, UVIRs or heat detectors or smoke or whatever it is. But there's some other method that's going to go into alarm and send a signal for the panel to release. Okay. But once the water is released into the piping, the sprinkler... Sprinklers won't activate until the heat... Until that heating element out of them okay. fuses. So would those... Could those... Because the MRI rooms wouldn't make sense, but for the... Uh, um, like an outside or freezers where you want the dry, but you also want kind of a quicker response? Is that kind of the idea of pre-action? Or? Well, it's not so much that, that we're looking for a quicker response. Your response time between a pre-action and a dry system is going to be almost the same. Okay. It's the, with the pre-actions, you have an, an event has to take place to introduce water. So uh, whether that's something that activates a smoke detector or something that activates a heat detector, it's going to take some other event before it'll even introduce water into that system. Okay. So even if on a pre-action system, you could lose air on the piping network, and it still may not discharge water until the other event takes place. Okay. So um, I'm just trying to think of like a scenario. Like in an MRI room, if uh, the smoke detectors activate the pre-action system to flood the lines, then perhaps um, the doctors or the staff will be able to react in time and move anything out right. of that room. It gives them time to investigate why is this happening or to, you know, move people away or move equipment away. Okay. But it gives us somebody a chance to look and see what's going on prior to an actual discharge of water. Okay. That makes that makes sense. All right. The next one is uh, ESFR. 
sprinkler system. What does ESFR stand for? Okay, ESFR is early suppression, fast response. Uh, and that's specifically the sprinkler, not necessarily the sprinkler system. You're going to find it's a wet pipe system, okay. and then the sprinkler is the ESFR. They put out high volumes of water at large quantities. So what ESFR does is it gives you the ability to protect rack storage without using in-rack sprinklers. Okay. Is it the, the size of the, I guess, the outlet, or is it also the spread, or...? It's a combination of both. It's it's okay. the orifice size of the sprinkler as well mm -hmm. as the discharge pattern of the sprinkler and, and the wetting ability of, of the sprinkler when it discharges okay. uh, to put high volumes of water on the hazard. Okay. What does, uh, like in a typical wet system, the sprinklers, what is the coverage area, I guess? Does it, I guess, does it matter depending on the height or height makes a difference to a degree, but, um, depending on the hazard, uh, you have different covered areas that you're allowed to go with a sprinkler, depending on whether it's a, a residential hazard, a light hazard, ordinary hazard, extra mm -hmm. high hazard would determine predetermine the amount of floor area that you could cover with a sprinkler of any given type. Okay. So when you move to the ESFR sprinklers, those are a wider coverage of or the widest or yeah they give you a lot more um, square footage i okay. guess per sprinkler is is what we want to say okay and more water yeah okay um and those would typically be found in uh warehouses where racks storage racks yeah and it gives the customer the ability to move and relocate racks without having to tear sprinklers out of them um, you know, if they want to come in and, and revamp or redo how they store stuff, they, they can move their storage around however suits their business the best, and they don't have to re-alter the sprinkler system. Okay. Um, which brings us to the last one that I'm familiar with or, or wrote down is the NRAC sprinkler system. Uh, what is the NRAC? So the NRAC sprinkler system is it's, sprinkler piping network and sprinklers that are piped inside of these racks that you find in these commercial warehouses uh, where they'll bring piping down from the ceiling they'll attach it to the racks uh, maybe they run it in between two back-to-back -back racks and then their sprinklers are spaced you know accordingly um, and you may find multiple rows of of piping in your rack storage depending on uh, how many racks you have in place and what the hazard is that's being protected. Okay. And why, what is, I guess, the advantage of that over the overhead sprinklers? Well, the it's not so much the advantage, the overhead sprinklers, and that's why the ESFR is gaining such traction. Right. It used to be that in-rack sprinkler was the only way you could protect rack storage. Okay. So that was, you know, kind of the old school uh, way of doing things, if you will. There was really no advantage uh, to doing it that way. Uh, it was not cost effective. You know, it, it, it was expensive to do. It was uh, often more difficult to maintain in that, you know, imagine these sprinklers in these racks and people moving things in and out mm -hmm. of racks with tow motors all the time. And, you know, so they're, they weren't the most user-friendly system that there was out there. 
And it was, this is, I mean, the idea was that if you have all these racks, when a, a fire, if it happens inside one of the bottom racks and kind of inside, usually, typically the sprinkler heads up above wouldn't have reached those racks or right. the they, fire. They That's couldn't. kind of why you had the in-rack Right, the, the overhead sprinkler system couldn't penetrate that far. Yeah. And the in-rack sprinklers were still used in conjunction with an overhead sprinkler system. Okay, so there, there would still be the, the main sprinkler system overhead, uh, but then you would have to come down off of that and protect, you know, however many levels of, of racks that you had uh, in addition to the overhead protection. Okay. And with these new, like, I guess how... How old are the NRAC? I mean, is that kind of the original idea or the original? That, yeah, that was the original protection scheme for racks. Okay. Uh, and that goes back, you know, probably before my time. So, right. um, and, and the ESFR, is that pretty new or is it? I, I would say it it's popularity? newer. It's, um, but I think ESFR has been around for, you know, 15, 20 years. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's the newer of the two. And, and again, it, you know, you can protect your entire rack system from the ceiling uh, it it's financially better for the customer yeah. you know and, and so uh would you um you, you would see those in like the big amazon work yeah the big the big distribution, distribution warehouses places. and things that are popping up all over the country those are where you're going to see okay. uh you know a lot of the csfr stuff okay cool those are the ones that i'm familiar with are there any other I guess sprinkler types are customized or specialized? or So there's a couple other systems that are out there um, that I personally don't know a lot about, but they do have, uh, it's called ultra high speed water mm -hmm. and water mist systems. Uh, they're specialty systems, but they, they still fall kind of in the sprinkler world. Mm -hmm. uh, it takes water to operate them. Um, short of that, I don't know a bunch about it though. So it's probably maybe higher pressure or... Um, a different type of nozzle type. Or, yeah, or, yeah. It, it would use a different nozzle. I think, um, you know, they may or may not implement pumps, yeah. uh, you know, to increase pressures and things like that. But that's, I have not in my lifetime seen them. Okay. All right. Is there any others? That you're... That's really just it. Yeah, I mean, it. it's, it's the same technology that's, you know, been out there since the beginning. Yeah. Been wet, dry, and... Um, you know, your pre-action deluge. Yeah. And yeah, if you come to the Corson Training Center, we have the Corson Museum and you can see the, uh, there's a good display of all the uh, sprinkler types over the years and from the, what, 18, 18, late 1800s. Yeah. yeah. And they really haven't changed no. at all. I mean, I guess the the newer introduction was the glass bulbs um, before that, and there's still filament, metal filaments mm -hmm. out there. Yeah. But, yeah, other than that. The, the principle and the concept behind it remains the same. You know, they, they tweak them a little bit in technology, and, and that's how you get, you know, sprinklers like the ESFR, uh, where they've done some design work and stuff like that and, and figured out, you know, hey, we can uh, protect a lot more hazard with this sprinkler if we do it this way. But... Even if you look at one of those sprinklers, it's just a beefed up, mm -hmm. you know, scale of, of what an original sprinkler looks like. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Nope. <laughs> all right. Um, I thank you, JD, for joining me today and, you know, answering all these questions. That was my pleasure, Aaron. Thank you. 
If, if you have any more questions about fire sprinkler systems, uh, you can contact your local Corson Fire and Security branch, or you can contact us online at uh, corson.com. Uh, thanks, everybody, and uh, join us next week. If you like today's episode, we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and rate us on iTunes. You can also find our podcast on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, and other popular podcast players. Search for Corson Fire and Security Chat to find it. Thanks once again for listening, and I will see you next week for our next episode of the Corson Fire and Security Chat podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Bye. The information in this podcast is for informational purposes only. It is believed to be reliable, but Corson Fire and Security assumes no responsibility or liability for any errors or omissions in the content of this podcast. It does not constitute professional advice. The listener of this podcast is responsible for verifying the information's accuracy from all available sources, including the product manufacturer. The authority of having jurisdiction should be contacted for code interpretations.